<laughs> I hit record, but let's just start this. Um, <clears throat> welcome to Back to the Point. <laughs> uh, my name is Migs, and that's Ian over there. <clears throat> hey. Uh, it's been our first podcast for a while, uh, but we are on the brink of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, the Sharks have qualified for the 20th time in their 26, 27-year history. I'm getting these numbers wrong, aren't I? It's more than 25. Yes. I think it's the 26th or 26th. Anyway, great, great news. That's uh, quite an accomplishment. The most successful team, one of the most successful teams um, in terms of making the playoffs between themselves, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Pittsburgh Penguins over the last quarter of a century. Um, really? That's so surprising yeah. because the Penguins, before they got, before they got uh, Crosby, were, were terrible. Well, yeah, but then the Sharks were born in an era when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup twice, right? Right. So, yeah, so the the Penguins were really good for the first couple of years, and then as soon as everyone left, they were really bad. Yeah. And then they got Crosby. And the Red Wings were just amazing up until last year. The Red Wings are just well run. Well, they weren't amazing for a few years before that, but they were still making the playoffs. Yeah. Anyway, so that's good news. Um It's been a while since we recorded. Obviously, we got into some intense real-life discussions last time when we were at your apartment. That was fun. Um, But we're just going to talk mainly hockey this time. So uh, the Sharks have played, I want to say, 12 to 15 games since the trade deadline. Uh, No, more. Uh, Anyway, whatever. They've played a lot of games with Evander Kane. He, performance-wise, has been uh, such a spark to this team. He scored... I really am not good with the numbers today. He scored a lot of points in the games that he's played. He's basically a point-per-game player. Yes, yes. If he's not a point-per-game player, he's off by about one point. Now, amidst that, the Sharks went on an eight-game winning streak, which I'm sure a lot of people are aware of, their longest winning streak in several years, since 2011, I believe. Uh, So that was really good. But taking it, scaling it back a little bit, the last few games... Conversely, have not been so good in the win-loss columns. Uh, We've lost four games in a row. We're recording on um, April 5th today, which is the day the Sharks are playing the Avalanche. Ian has watched some of the game, and I have not, so I do not know what's going on. And I would ask that he does not spoil it for me. So in my mind, the Sharks have lost four games in a row. They're currently playing the the game after that. do you want to rewind this? As we as we record, the game isn't over. Yes, so. yeah. Ian, yeah. can we talk about, um, like, rewind a little bit, like, going from most recent to past? Because I want to talk about this Dallas game a little bit, which was very discouraging. Or not talk about I it think, very much. Because it was very discouraging. Well, so, <laughs> basically, in the game since we got Evander Kane, when we had our eight-game win streak, we were just, like, totally dominating. Yeah. And we were scoring a lot of yes. goals, and he was instrumental to just really pushing people down the lineup and inserting himself on the top line, which has been lacking that really gut punch scoring capability since um, Thornton has been out, and Thornton and 
Thornton and Pavelski have been kind of needing a, a real top-line winger for a few for this whole season since Marlowe left. And even last season when Marlowe wasn't quite a top-line winger anymore. Um, so they found it in Kane, and he's been killing it. Threw an enormous hit on uh, Philip Forsberg in the Nashville game, which I believe started our win streak, or loss, losing streak. Yes. Or no, was uh, it, St. Yeah. Louis, the, the overtime loss the game before Right, that. the worst game. I hate playing St. Louis. They're so boring. <laughs> I, like, fall asleep in those games. And my wife is always like, this game is so boring. What's the team that's always so boring when you play it? I'm like, it's this game because it's St. Louis <laughs> and we're playing them. And then we always have a laugh because it's so true. Um, yeah, so he threw a huge hit into Forsberg and took a lot of impact on his shoulder. The next game, you could see him grasping his shoulder. And he's missed a game or two now. He sat out last game against Dallas and kind of was in and out of the game before that. So hasn't hasn't really fully recovered. He's this is his second game out going into Colorado, where it sounds like he's getting better and better. But they're probably just gonna let him get can I really healthy? Can I just say something about injuries that I was thinking about in the last week or two? So you mm-hmm. know, in a lot of professional sports, but obviously we pay attention to hockey. So hockey players, you know, a lot of the injuries they'll be out for anywhere between like one to three weeks. It's not like a major injury, but they're injured, they're hurt. So obviously, I'm a physical therapist. Um, what? Not obviously, but if people, you you know me, right? Obviously <laughs> to you. <laughs> so I deal with a lot of people who have had injuries on a, on a day-to-day work basis. But when I think about injuries that happen, like think about Joe Ward, who I'm concerned he actually dislocated his shoulder during that game. Now, that's not something that... Let, let's use Joe Ward because that's a good example because I'm not sure about Kane. You have a shoulder dislocation, like realistically, you're not back at 100% for weeks. Like that is like a weeks, yeah. multiple weeks long recovery to get good strength and, and better stability in your shoulder, right? These are professional athletes, so they're rehabbing at a higher pace, right? They're taking really good care of their bodies in the recovery. But still, th- that just begs the question, you know, when they come back in the lineup, yeah, they're probably okay to play, but are they in the safest place to play again? Or are they fully ready? No, you know. If Andrew Kane's biding his time to return back to the lineup currently, and listen, that's great, but he is going to play somewhat hurt. Just like, you know, they released the injury report at the end of the season, they're all dealing with things that they probably had injuries with weeks before because they didn't really let a full recovery happen. Yeah, and there's this phrase that I think uh, Hockey Central today kind of throws around every once in a while. The difference between playing hurt and playing injured, everyone's playing hurt. Everyone's got something. Oh, Pavelski, yeah. like, breaks fingers and, like, doesn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, what? Like, the closest um, thing the to having, season. like, a shorter recover time is, like, uh, like a pull, like, a muscle strain, which is, like, such a vague thing in my mind, too. Like, like a few, a couple of years ago, I hurt my rotator cuff when I actually started to play hockey because just the movement of shooting the puck or passing it, like, strained my rotator cuff somehow. Um, who knows? I might have partially torn it, but... I was having trouble lifting my arm overhead for like a couple of weeks, a week and a half, a couple of weeks, and it did get better. So it wasn't a major injury where but I did, did you recover. Rehab at a high rate? What's that? Like a professional athlete with your advanced PT knowledge? Well, I, it's funny. I was like in a PT internship while that was happening. But um, you did <laughs> I was keeping you. my arms like low, which was fine. Uh, <gasps> you didn't do it. Well, I didn't do what? 
You didn't rehab your own arm. No, I did. I did How rehab my own arm, which is smart and not doing the aggravating things too much, which I did sometimes because I was <laughs> testing myself out. But just a lot of it yeah. is just resting and letting yourself recover. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I think it. I think kind of at this point in the season, everyone has some nagging yeah. injury. But someone when they sit out of the lineup, I feel like they're trying to sit Kane. I mean, I don't know. Kane could have a serious thing, and there's like you need rest, or it's like you just need to get close to 100 percent as possible. Now that we've clinched the playoff yeah. spot, but since Kane went out, the Sharks kind of died back into the play. They had kind of had. A, the slow parts of the season where they start off good and then they just can't really put a whole game together of effort. Um, and that's kind of what happened on the losing streak. The first two games were just rough games. Um, the, we played, we played Nashville really, really, really good game. Uh, we didn't end up winning that game. And then the last game of the road trip after our back to back, we play St. Louis and lose, which is pretty rough. It was four games and six, four games and six days after a brutal Nashville game that was really intense, and we like dominated Nashville mm-hmm. for the majority of the game, which was awesome to see, because it's like okay, we can really hang in with the best of the yeah. best when we're on our best, which was great to see, because you hear everything about Nashville, 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 Winnipeg, 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 all this stuff, but it's like we can beat these Kings if we really key on them, and we're playing at our best too. Yeah. So that was good to see. Um, other than that, like Sharks won. Let's go. Got a cushion. Stayed in second place. We're getting close to catching Vegas. Um, and then we lost to Vegas, which was lame. Stupid goalie controversy. Not goalie controversy. Refing controversy. I, was, I will never be able to watch a Vegas Sharks game and think that it was fairly called from this point in the future. <laughs> I'm just like, after the first two games, I've just biased myself against those like the refs in those games so much. Yeah. I uh the first the first two games were so I agree. So insanely poor that it was just like I can't. But even that last game there was some a lot of non calls. Like one or two things. It wasn't as yeah, bad. Yeah, it wasn't still, as bad. Like, You're I right. don't trust you. But there was some stuff that was like, Are you serious? Yeah. The trust is lost and trust is hard earned and easily lost. Yeah. And uh Dallas the most recent game before tonight was uh, the game after that. And like I said, I want to talk about that a little bit because the, the Sharks really were hot, hot in the first two periods and really dominating. It was funny because I was telling you I was concerned. They gave up a goal at the end of the second. I was like, man, this makes you nervous. You're like, listen, they've been dominating. I'm confident. And what happens? They get outshot like 13 to 1 in the third, give up th- four and answer. Uh, Three unanswered goals. Sorry, uh, give three unanswered goals, and just simply were. Dude, that was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. It was very so was very bad. frustrating, um, especially at this time of the year when you want them to put teams away. Like they are a team that's capable of doing that, but they just let themselves get, get hammered in their zone. They couldn't get any offense going. Jamie Ben just like took things on his back and slaughtered us. It was really bad. And which I mean, he's really good. Yeah. So it's like he's super okay. good. Yeah, it's kind of under, kind of understandable. But we had thirty shots through like the first two periods and had two goals, and it seemed like every every shift resulted in, in like an average or high danger scoring mm-hmm. chance, and we just couldn't put it on net. We couldn't get it past. 
Um, let, no, Lettinen went out with injury because he took like a puck to the throat. And then it was Mark, I don't know his name. It's some back, uh, it was McKenna mm. who hadn't played an NHL game in three years and we couldn't get anything by him. We also just like weren't hitting the net and it was brutal. Like we had so many really good scoring chances couldn't convert. We could have converted them. It easily could have been 4-0 going into the second period. Going into the That's third That's the thing, period. it wasn't. And then we give up yeah. that goal. It wasn't. And then it was just like, oh, 2-1, they have life. And then they got all... And then they just had time to come back, and the Sharks just were out of it. Yeah. And it's just so brutal. Well, it was, they didn't have that much time to come back, because I think they tied it with, like, six minutes left. And then they scored again to take the lead took a couple minutes after that, and by that time, there's only four minutes left in the game. Well, the entire third period yeah. was all Dallas Stars. Just as intensely, we had been dominating for the first two periods. Right. It's just like, what the heck? It's not good. The Stars are, like, really good, and they were, like, mathematically eliminated the day or two before we played them. Yeah. Like, the Stars have uh, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, they have Alex Radulov. They have a lot of like really high danger, high scoring players, mm-hmm. and then they just like I don't know, it just didn't work out for them this year. But you shouldn't. It's not like a trap game where you are playing against like Ottawa or something like that, where like they are the worst team in the league or nearly. The, I think Buffalo is the worst team in the league right now, but like Ottawa is like really bad, and it's not like like oh we can take them for granted. You know, because they're terrible and they're like trying to lose at this point to get better lottery odds. It's like no, this is like a really good team that a couple, one or two seasons ago won the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. Right? They had Did the they? most points in the NHL. Did they? They won. Maybe that was no, too that crazy was the Capitals. Claim, but they were first in the Western Conference. Yeah, something like that. They had so many points; it was insane. They were scoring like five goals a game. Yeah. I, I, that whole theory, third period is one thing, but like you hit on earlier, like we couldn't hit the net, and it's really frustrating. Like ultimately, when it's all said and done, and you lose a game where you dominate on the shot clock and have good chances, but you can't execute. Um, can can't finish. Can't finish because they were executing the whole time. They just couldn't finish. Yeah, which is just so rough, and it was so infuriating to watch. Yeah. And we got really that, mad. That excuse of the very angry things. getting of getting beat by the goalie gets really tiresome to hear when it happens multiple times. It's like, is it really the goalie, or like you guys are in your heads and can't put it in the net? I don't know. Like I don't know. Sports psychology. <laughs> I I mean I don't think they were getting stoned by the goalie. I just honestly think they just weren't hitting the net early in the game. Um, because they were so absolutely just dominating them on like every play. I don't think Dallas really got it outside of the zone. I think they had like one shot for a really long time, and it was just. It like, was like a. I mean, that a, sounds so nebulous. A but. switch just flipped completely the opposite direction in the third, right? Yeah. Would you say? It's so annoying. Yeah, and it, it also it's like Dallas's goaltending is already bad, and then you take out. They're like average slash can easily let in bad goals goaltender Kari Lettinen and then put in like the AHL backup who's like 36. Like this person, yeah, this person is like not good. Mm. Easily could have lit him up and then they just don't. And that was still within the first period and the second period and they just, they just couldn't put it away and it's just like, 
is very frustrating. So, the, so that brings us to Colorado. Yeah. So we really hope we dominate this game. Or <laughs> at least I don't care know. if we dominate. We just need a win. We need points. <laughs> you, points. Sort of, <laughs> you sort of know what's going on because you've seen most of the game at this point. Yeah, I, I, I like how well you cover period. it up. You do a good job of that. I'm good at it. You can't read my emotion. Um, yeah, but that being said, like that game was frustrating in itself, but it was all the more frustrating just because of where we were in the playoff race. Because like you said, we had a comfortable five. Where we are. What's that? Where we are. Yeah, like we had a comfortable five-point cushion with, if, like I think we had a game in hand on both LA and Anaheim or one of those teams. And since mm-hmm. we've had this four-game losing streak, albeit we did get a point in the St. Louis game, that's allowed them both teams to creep up right behind us. We still we still control yeah. our destiny before this Colorado game, but still it's like squandered opportunities in that Dallas game, like especially first game back at home, you had a couple days of rest, um, and they just die in the third period. That's just like not good. They didn't even die. They just stopped. Yeah, dying. that's what I'm saying. They just lit, like they were so outworked. Up. It was ridiculous. Dying to me, yeah, I mean, I know we're just using hyperbolic language, but to me there's a difference of like, it's the third period of a back-to-back on the road, you just don't have the legs mm-hmm. and you're just getting outworked. It was like, in this game, literally, they just like gave yeah. up. It's like, you there's guys no they had rest shouldn't be very tired right now, like, you yeah. should be still taking it out. Now, of. going into this game, everyone, before this game started, everyone was at 80 points, or 80 games played. And we were one point ahead of... We were in second in the Pacific. Um, Ducks were in third in the Pacific. Kings were first wild card, one point behind the Ducks. And the Ducks were one point behind us. And then uh, Colorado, I believe, was in the second wild card spot. So because of the losing streak, we kind of went from solidly having second, almost catching up to Vegas, or at least maybe potentially doing that to now risking playing Vegas by being the number one wildcard spot. Like we could fall to that. And that kind of brings me into my second point of conversation is we're either playing Vegas, Colorado or Vegas ducks or the Kings doing the playoffs. Ducks and Kings are the same (laughs) two sides of the same coin. Like they suck. They're both really good teams, and they play us really hard, and those games are coin flip. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good either team is doing over the course of the season. All the California teams have all the other California teams' numbers, yeah. and they play really intense games. I would prefer to have the second to finish in second so we have the most – so we have home ice. Mm-hmm. Um. And then that means we would play... Right now, that means we'd be playing the Ducks because they were in third in the Pacific going into this game. Um, However, I'm starting to think, what if we end up playing the Golden Knights in the first wildcard spot and then the Ducks and the Kings play each other and they are like... They hate each other so much (laughs) that they would just like... It would be like a war of attrition. (laughs) And I just would just like hope for a seven-game series where just everyone gets hurt. Yeah. And then just like have such a rough, intense series. And then we play the Golden Knights. And then we tell them, remember the time where you had that season that you thought everything was going your way and then reality hit you? <laughs> like that would be us. That would be a great role to play. Knights. 
Yeah, which is what I wanted to do last season against Edmonton. And we were like, we were basically missing Couture. We were missing Thornton's knee slash personhood. And like, just, we we took Edmonton to six with our best players completely nullified due to injury. And if they were healthy, I'm fairly confident we could beat them in seven. I'm fairly confident we could have beaten them and more and dude, than that. we had, and then now this season they're the garbage team. We had in that. The Pacific. We had that upper hand in that series up until like the third period of Game Five. Remember, we had like a three-one lead or something like that, and we gave up two, and they like won in overtime in Game Five. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, I just remember Zach Cassian is a really good player. He's like a he's like the perfect third line player. You know, dude, just like talk a about really. Zach Cassian he right was now. a. <laughs> If he had Zach Cassian as our team, that'd be amazing. He's not even he's a, a third liner. He's like a pick. fourth liner that gets scratched a lot of times. No. Yeah, he is. Yeah, dude, he's gotten so. scratched like a, quite a lot, I think. Well, good. I hope he comes to our team then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. But basically, he, he's like Rafi Torres, where he's just like a former first-round pick that has a ton of skill, but then decides to play a really intense game and hits a lot of people. And he's not slow. He's like kind of fast, big body, can do whatever you ask him to do. I don't know how he plays defensively or whatever, but like and can shoot and score. Like that would be sweet to have. I'll take our third line over him. Anyway. Yeah, and we also have Eric Fair, which is a big guy, former first round pick, who's out he's right really, now. Yeah, yeah, but exactly, exactly. Can do really good in faceoffs. He's actually been doing pretty well in scoring since he's been on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm okay with that. I. Uh, Oh, oh! You know what we missed? What Thornton, Dylan Gambro? Oh yeah. How does debut? Yeah. Um, that was. <laughs> That's it. I thought he did really well. He's there's really a couple fast. exciting things. He had his during that Dallas game when things were going well. He had his debut. He gave a little push mm-hmm. to Burns, and Burns made a good interception <laughs> to set defensive play on that gift that they. Yeah, had. and not only did he make that interception, he made the interception by just a few inches. Yeah. I'm like Dylan Gambro. You really saved the play yeah. right there. And then also, you know, you very exciting for you. You were wearing your new Meyer jersey. Tina, Tina, Meyer Tina, got his Tina, 20th Tina, goal. Tina, 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 and then he was just Tina, crushed Tina, Tina, by Tina, the Tina, terrible Tina. loss. <laughs> yeah, but Timo got his 20th. That's pretty cool. And that made me fulfilled. You were so happy. That fulfilled my shark season. You did a little dance. I did. Sna- I was so happy. It was like going to the game. Yeah. I started watching it, and I didn't have my new birthday present Timo Meyer jersey on. So I was like, you know what? I need to put this on. This needs to happen. So I put it on, gave Timo a little bit of extra juju, and he got his number 20. Yeah. For the second yeah. time. It was awesome. And now I'm just like, good job, man. Good job. Yep, yep, yep. And I can't help but notice that he was doing really well in scoring when he was on the first line with Pavelski and Donskoy. He was killing it. And then they got Kane, and they moved him down to the third line <clears throat> to be with... Uh, LeBanc. Well, Tierney? the third line Tierney. kind of moves around. And Tierney, yeah, him and Tierney, and then LeBanc sometimes is on the second line, and Bodker sometimes yeah, on the third yeah, yeah. line. But now Bodker, Couture, and Hurdle are playing really well. Our, so our lines, I don't know. I haven't known our lines for the last like month, month and a half, because there's been a lot of injury stuff happening, and yeah, the injuries is the biggest thing. It's like they've been kind of consistent, but with the injuries, it's just like. Yeah. yeah, during the eight-game winning streak, they really didn't change the lines at all because, like, if it's winning, don't don't yeah. change it. So there's a couple things I want to talk about regarding the playoffs. First of all, Thornton, I told you the other day, I think he's going to play in the playoffs. Um, 
if he's capable yeah, to he's skating. Pra- yeah, if he's capable to not only skate but go on practices and morning skates with the team and everything, I think he's gearing up for and he's not going to play in the regular season, but he's gearing up, getting as much rest, getting as much training as he can in, and he's going to play in the playoffs. Like I'm pretty sure he is. I think it yeah, I think it it's kind of lining up where it'll be really close. And I think it just, you know, it could be his last playoffs. I don't want it to be, but you know, he's getting pretty old. And uh, you know, he's coming off of his second major injury and he's skating. The last I saw, he wasn't taking contact, but like doing skating, like real mm. skating, game situation skating. So that's good. Like and that included like sharp cuts, mm. which would, you know, load the knee up in those situations. Not with handing withstanding contact, which would be the like the final thing I would think. Mm. But dude, just like even if it was like a fifty percent Thornton. It would make a difference. Pavelski. Fifty yeah. percent okay, just like if you had a top line of Pavelski, Thornton, Kane. Ownage. Your second line becomes what? Couture. Yeah. Your second line becomes Couture Hurdle. Donskoy, uh-huh. probably. And your third line becomes Bodker. Tierney. Tierney. Meyer. Yeah. And at the fourth line and at the fourth line you might even scratch LeBanc. No. He's not been Who doing that gonna, well. Well, you're gonna have fair. Well, because of the fourth healthy. line role, you want what you're gonna have fair playing when he's healthy. Joel Ward's gonna play. Yeah, I'm assuming he's like a playoff healthy. wizard. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you probably put in Hanson or yeah. Sorensen, and I would put in Sorensen because he's doing better. These we are days. very deep. So then, where where does that leave LeBanc? Le- LeBanc doesn't really play that heavy game, yeah. and he hasn't really been doing great. Noticeably on the power play, and he's in the first power play unit. He has the role on the right wing, um, right right wall, right half right wall, wall <laughs> feeding on the same side of. Uh, burns and when he gets the puck and is pressured he does not handle the puck well i've noticed that he gives it up a lot i disagree when pressured at that situation i disagree and he really i don't think that's like in every circumstance on the power i'm just talking about no i'm talking about i'm not i don't think it's been the case in every like since the power play has been doing poorly yes he's been part of that contributor but like a lot of people have been doing bad at entering the zone in particular. And oh my gosh, it's really the zone whatever. entries. Yes, it's terrible. I if hate our zone, zone entries, entries on the power up. play. I hate it. It's always four deep with a freaking backdrop back pass, like drop back it's pass. The, it's, it's the like two back. Everybody's going to be they, able to study this and read you like like a book in the playoffs. Well, it doesn't matter. Like they're, I mean, they're going to get, they're going to do the same to the opposing team. The opposing team is going to do the same to them. They're going to fiddle things around, and they're have going to have a different look going to the playoffs, and that's fine. But the thing is, every team does the same thing. That's the thing. Read the book that I sent you about hockey strategy, okay. and it's true. But it's just, and That's true. There's like, there's like four or five different looks that 31 teams use. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, we have our strategy. And if you look at the other teams, they do the same exact thing. And it's not like they're doing it better than us or they have a different look. It's execution and then maybe throwing in slight variations about like using soft picks and stuff like that or when you because they have two back now and then now they do that final east west pass right kind of between the first blue line and the red line to get them speed to go through 
and the Sharks PK does it, and they 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 stand up on the blue line, and they they absolutely dominate, right? But it's just the power play zone entries is like people can't keep it on their sticks, because the 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 teams don't study each other during the regular season that much, like they don't game plan yeah. super intensely. There's 82 games. You can't do right. that. They don't have the resources to do that with travel. But that extensively happens in the playoffs. So, to me, it really just comes down to execution. Because you get Joe Thornton on there, and he, you know, the power play is top 10 in the league, top 5 in the league. You know, Joe Thornton goes off, and then it drops down to be really bad. And it's like, oh, well, it sucks. It's like, no, Joe, Thornton, <laughs> Joe Thornton's the best passer in the game. Like, that's understandable it's going to drop off. And who do you replace Joe Thornton with? Kevin LeBanc. That's no knock on LeBanc, but like no one's going to fill up Thornton's shoes right there. You know, Couture coughs up the puck on his wall too sometimes yeah. as well. But I think probably what I would shift to say is I notice LeBanc because now I think he's messing up, so then I look at him when he messes up so I notice it more. But I think the half wall, when we have the puck on the half wall, once we get into the zone, I think that's where we cough it up a lot. They pressure that area and they get it away from us a lot. Yeah. Versus when we have it high or down low or in the middle, I think we can evade pressure well, but it's on the walls that I think yeah, we lose Yeah, I definitely it. see what you're saying about all these things. First of all, with LeBanc, what I was going to say is I, I agree that he has some str- some struggles with handling the puck, but I think that's been part of the reflection of when the power play has been doing bad. And then, But at times when, you know, that time where we were like number one in the NHL for a couple weeks because we were like really hot on the power play, like when the power play was going well, and he was had a confident with confidence with that. I think like he has yeah. that like uh, playmaking yeah, ability. Yeah, everyone was doing really well. Yeah, he has the capability of being like a pretty smart playmaker and making some pretty nifty passes and things. Definitely. So I think he has the potential. But I do agree that you know sometimes he struggles, especially in that position on the half wall. But yeah, I think also, I think as a also younger player, to talk about his confidence. What's that? I think his confidence really hits him harder as a younger player yeah. who's kind of just in the league. I think everyone else is kind of struggling with that confidence too. Cause the power play hasn't changed from when it was really good, except for Thornton's gone They're, They didn't do something different, right? It's really just confidence and, you know, kind of bouncing passes, no, no flat pucks. And that's about it. Yeah. Um, so the, the zone entries thing though, I agree that people, aren't really setting their setting us during the regular season and i agree with the execution thing but i think psychologically at least when i see that that four line like those four players all skating across the blue line at the same time and like when they pass it laterally it's like oh sometimes it's offsides and you just kill the play or you can't get the tape to tape pass or somebody intercepts it or you just run into defenders who steal the puck right after you cross the blue line. There's just like so many ways that that can like get screwed up because of poor execution. Oh, it just bothers me so much. I just I just don't like the look of that zone entry where like four people go deep and you have like Burns following behind, or three people deep. Like it just seems like you're you're crunching everybody in at the offensive zone blue line, and it it stresses me out so much. Yeah, I don't think it looks very pretty either. And I, the whole standing people up at the blue line, the Sharks were doing that in the beginning of the season. They've been doing it the whole season. And maybe other teams were doing this too, but the Sharks penalty kill really, the whole 
standing people up in the blue line at zone entries and breaking up that, that has been the hallmark of the Sharks' penalty kill. And now I notice that most teams do that. Mm -hmm. And if you go with that wave of three that kind of just sit at the blue line, the people who are trying to stand you up, they can't overload a side. They have to respect all the options, right? Because if they move, then it's kind of like a game of chicken. It's like if I stay where I am, then you have to stay where you are and then the person with the puck gets closer and closer to going th- straight through the right. zone. So you have to make a move. And when you make a move, moving off of your person, I'm going to pass that person and they are in the zone with the puck right away and everyone just enters. Right. So I think that's kind of the idea or the basic idea. But you're totally right. And we were just talking to each other and it was my, my fault. Sorry. But um, yeah, it's all confidence. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like you're NHL players. You can handle a bouncing pass, mm-hmm. you know. You know how to like take it off of the boards with your feet. Like you are the best in the world at that. That's fine. But like it's just it's just like mental confidence and then you get a couple in a row and it just doesn't go well and, and like too bad. But um Yeah, like if you just you have to start scoring to get confident yeah. again. But how do you get confident again until you start scoring? And then the power play and the penalty kill are just these, like, vicious cycles. And it's all mental. And it's all mental unless you have, like, a fundamentally flawed power play, which is kind of what – which is really interesting. On The Athletic, uh, Justin Bourne posted an article about the Flames having, like, a fundamentally flawed power play Mm -hmm. where pretty much every power play in the league now uses four forwards and one defenseman. There's been a lot of studies that show that they produce more points. Mm-hmm. The Versus power three forwards, two D. Yeah. Pa- <laughs> uh, and then the Flames used three forwards and two D, or did up until a certain point, and then maybe finally switched. Um, but then the handedness of the players in those certain positions were the wrong setup. Oh, weird. So that they eliminated the chance for one-timers. Because they chose handedness in the wrong spots. Huh. So, like, every time they had to take a pass, they had to adjust their body before they could shoot instead of shooting that as they That slows things it. down so much. Yeah, and you get an extra foot, a foot of time and space on the power play. That's the difference of having the space to score yeah. or getting into the space to block the shot. Absolutely, that's really interesting. So that was a really interesting power play re- or, uh, article that he broke down. Um, yeah, and the more I see the pressure on Burns and he still gets shots off and through, it's just amazing. Yeah. How he gets... Everyone knows what he's doing and he knows that they know what they're doing and then he still gets off wicked wristers all the way through with power, accuracy to the net. Dude, I, with like a, with just like a flick. It's so I frust- feel like It's not frustrating, it's amazing. I feel like he's had a lot of success. Um, he's had obviously had more assists this season and I wonder if like... He's cognitively or cognizantly making an effort, and you can see this. He he doesn't shoot directly at the net. He shoots at the sides, looking for deflections and tips and redirects and stuff. But what if he like just yeah. changes it up every few seasons? Like, oh, I'm gonna go back to shooting on net and scoring a bunch of goals. Oh, I'm gonna go for the assists, you know, just to keep people on I their mean, toes. Yeah. He has to adapt to the way that other players are adapting to mm-hmm. him. And that's something that maybe he can take advantage of. You know, like, oh, Burns is shooting more to score this season. Oh, Burns is sh- going for assists. Like, what do we do? What, what are we going to get? 
Well, yeah, that's exactly what happened this season. Like, he's broken the Sharks franchise record for assists by defenseman. Last year, he had 29 goals. Uh, This year, he won't have 20. Yeah. So, but he has... A ton of assists. Almost 70 points again. You know, like, that's great to see that he had this... And that's the crazy thing, is he had that horrible, horrible, horrible stretch to start the season. The first, like, 20 games where he did nothing. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. And since he's since uh, lately his plus minus and his decision making has been much better, which is great. Um, but it's just so funny that you can see something so mental go on in a player and have such an impact. Yeah. Um, but I kind I kind of said my theoretical sharks playoff scenarios. So what do you what do you think? I wanted to say well, one what, thing. What do you hope we, we got to wrap this up? Because um, yep, for some reasons. But I will say I was thinking. The Sharks have a big advantage with depth on D and, as you mentioned earlier, with our forward lines, especially if Thornton's coming back. Um, but I, I will say, I, I feel like the first round, our depth won't matter so much. Like you said, if we play LA or Anaheim, that's those can be coin flip games, and that's just going to be a grinding series. Vegas, like in my mind, like you said, that might be a little bit easier. We may be able to slap them in the face, catch them unawares. I feel like our depth, if we can make it past the first round, that's when our depth is going to start playing more of a role, I think. that This first round is just going to yeah. be a battle. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. I think this is kind of what I laid out in my mind. I... Okay, so I guess... If things stay the same, we're playing the Ducks, right? They're in th- they're in third, and we're in second. Okay. Um, going into tonight's game, and there's only one game left in the season. Mm. So crazy. Um, the Ducks are way deeper. The the Ducks are really deep. Yeah. They have uh, Getzlaff. They have Kessler, who's an elite defensive forward and a dirty player. <laughs> And let's not forget um, and that. And then they have Henrique, who's playing third line center, who's like a first or second line center on any and other, has been on, to the Stanley Cup final. Team. Yeah, and then they have I don't know who there's like their fourth line center. Oh, Vermette is their fourth line center, who has been the third line center for them for like a long time, and he's just a complete veteran player who's really fast and can play really well. He's like a third. He's like a veteran third liner, not a veteran fourth liner. Mm. And then the wings are just they have great players along the wings too, like Raquel, and they have Perry, and they have some other, uh, you know, Silverberg and some other players. So like they're super deep. And then their defense is really deep too. They can just like give away these like ultra talented defensemen. They traded like Sammy Vatnin, who's like super yeah. good. And then they got Adam Hamrik, and it's like, yeah, and we still didn't affect our defensive depth because it's super good. <laughs> so it's that doesn't excite me. Their goalies are probably their weakest thing. Um, so uh, their backup is Ryan Miller. Obviously, he's a little older, but still, you know, can do anything he needs to do to win. He's good. Um, and then John Gibson is their starter, and he, I don't think he's last year in the playoffs. He was so wishy-washy, it was not clear that he was going to be able to steal a series. So that makes me heartened. The Kings, whenever we play them, I always feel like they can score at any moment. 
and especially when they're pressing really hard late and they're like pull a goalie, I feel like they always, I feel like they always win or always score, and that scares me. So after their top line talent, I think their their top line talent is like super dangerous, and then after that, their first line and their first defensive pairing, I think the depth goes way yeah. down. And then Jonathan Quick obviously can do whatever he needs to do to win. But after the past couple of series with them, I'm not really scared of him anymore. Yeah. And with the Knights, I don't trust the refs. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they're super deep. And they're super deep. They have a ton of players who are just really good. And Flurry's currently the highest save percentage goalie in yeah. the league. So I'm hoping they... There's no easy option. Yeah. I'm just hoping with the Knights, if, if we do somehow get that matchup, it's like... They, they they don't know what's coming for them in the playoffs, and they, they don't know how to handle it. But that, that is still a long shot to hope for that if we played them. I, I think it's probably least likely for us to play them. I, I really think we're going to play the the, the Kings, the, the Ducks. And over those two, it's like, dude, don't know. Don't really potentially, like, don't particularly care. Right. It seems like those games are basically the yeah. same. All right, man. Well, I thought we've had a good podcast. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up tonight. It's our shortest podcast yet, but um, yeah. I will say go Sharks. Uh, maybe we'll do go another Sharks. one soon after this. Uh, so we'll yeah. catch you guys next Probably not, because my baby will be That's bored. true, so not for a long time. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. yeah, catch you guys next time. Go Sharks. Go Sharks.